This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 190, Adventure Travel with Leon Logothetis. Hi friends, Kurt here. Man, I sure hope that you are being inspired by the Adventure Sports Podcast. That is our goal, to help people to learn new things that they can do to connect with nature, to bring a new element of excitement into their lives, to embrace being healthy and having an outdoor lifestyle. If you enjoy the Adventure Sports Podcast, will you jump on iTunes and leave us a comment? Comments and ratings there really do help the show, and we appreciate that very much. I'd like to read to you a couple of recent comments. Let's see here. Boz415 says, By listening to this podcast, I have found myself getting outdoors more often and trying new adventures. Hey, that's what it's all about. That's what we're trying to do. Let's see. Fullsby says, A great podcast from a very prolific podcaster with amazing, diverse roster of interview subjects from all across the recreation industry. Hey, thanks, people. We really appreciate the good words. And we are busting our butts to bring you fantastic content, great interviews of wonderful adventurers. Thank you again. And please, go to iTunes. Leave a comment. You can also go to the Adventure Sports Podcast and leave comments there. We love to hear from you. Now, on with the show. This episode of the Adventure Sports Podcast is sponsored by BiotropicLabs.com, custom formulators and sports performance supplements for active people like you. Designed for everyone from weekend warriors and outdoor enthusiasts to high-level athletes, if your body moves, you need Biotropic. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Kurt. Today I have returning guest, Leon Logothetis, with us. And Leon was on our show, wow, about a year and a half ago. And he is a world adventurer, humanitarian, and he's written several books about his adventures. Today we're going to be talking about adventure travel and connecting with humanity. And Leon is a champion of that. Leon's books include The Amazing Adventures of a Nobody. This is a book that tells accounts of his traveling across the United States in a unique, special way. We'll let him talk about that. Then his next book was The Kindness Diaries. And The Kindness Diaries is a lovely book about him traveling around the world on a yellow motorcycle with a sidecar and how he interacted with humanity in special ways doing that. And then he has some other things going on, a new book in the works coming out this fall. We'll uh, we'll revisit in the fall to visit more about that one. But he also has a human interaction project, which is a humanitarian organization that I'll let him explain to you, but where people are encouraged to travel and reach out and touch the lives of others. So, Leon, thank you very much for being on the show today. We are excited to visit with you. Thanks for having me once again. Oh, you bet. <laughs> so, Leon, you are currently in the UK, though you live in Los Angeles, and you are from the UK. Tell us the story again of how you ended up coming to the US and starting your lifestyle of adventure travel. Well, I always felt 
like an adventurous urge, but uh, I ended up uh, working as a broker in the city of London, kind of because that's what I felt was was what my family wanted me to do. Um, and I was doing that for a few years, and it just it didn't touch my soul. It didn't touch my heart. It didn't touch my desire to connect with people. Um, and I watched the movie The Motorcycle Diaries, which is a romanticized version of Che Guevara traveling around South America, relying on the kindness of strangers. And something happened in that moment after I watched that movie. It kind of ignited a fire inside me to, to go out and really live and uh, really do the things that I always wanted to do. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to connect. I wanted to have adventures. I wanted to, to like, meet the world. And uh, I wasn't doing that behind the desk. So you came to the United States, and uh, you traveled across the U.S. kind of in a unique way. Tell us about that. It was rather unique. Although, I did kind of steal it from Che Guevara. I uh, just changed the continent. Basically, I hitchhiked across America with $5 a day and uh, relied entirely on the kindness of strangers. So $5 a day sounds tough. Uh, you can't even get enough food for $5 a day. So how did you survive on that? I mean, I survived by connecting with people. That was the only way. <laughs> the only way I could was through like the net of humanity uh, holding me up. And, and, and it was like a wave of generosity that kept me going. And that was really why I did it. To be honest, it wasn't conscious at the time now I look back at it and I think I know exactly why I took away all my money then it was kind of like mm, okay this is an adventure but I, I I did it because it was it was about really connecting with my heart and connecting with other people's hearts and uh, it's just a beautiful thing that happened well that really comes out in your books and in the kindness diaries especially I think there are story after story after story of how you connected with people along the way as you were traveling and some people might say, well, wait a minute, he's relying on the kindness of strangers. Does that mean he's just bumming his way around the world? Is this just a cheap trip? But yeah, I think sure. the reality is you had a, a lot bigger plan for it than that. Sure. And, you know, some people say that, and, and that's okay, because um, you can't please everyone. I, sure. I know that my journey was really about trying to inspire, specifically the kindness diaries, trying to inspire people to to connect with each other. Trying to, it doesn't just have to be through travel, you know, not everyone has the ability to get on a yellow motorbike and cross the world, you know, we have, we have families, we have, we have jobs, we have mortgages, we have all these things, but it's about in your everyday life connecting with each other. It's about going into a Starbucks and showing the barista that you're present and that you, that, that it's not just about getting a drink, it's about, hey, how are you doing, how's your day? Uh, these kind of things. It's about embodying it in, in, in our lives and, and coming across with, with, with our hearts on our, on our, on our sleeves, as, as they say. You know, Leon, we've interviewed a lot of adventure travelers, and there's a common theme that we've found, and that theme is, it's usually when things don't go right, when I find myself in a bind, maybe a, a broken down motorcycle or, or some, sort of an injury along the way where I needed some assistance, that's when people actually really connected with the people in the local area and they start saying that that's the best part of the whole thing is when they do that what you actually did with the kindness diaries is you designed a trip where you would be connecting with people on that level every single day yeah absolutely and um the more things that went wrong 
the more amazing experiences I had. Look, that doesn't mean that when something was going wrong, I was like, yippee, something's going wrong. I'm going to connect with someone. I mean, like when something goes wrong, the first reaction is to be like, oh, God, please, I don't want this to go wrong. But the byproduct of, of that of that thing that doesn't go right is that you get to connect with people and you get to meet people and you get to to meet the world. Sure. You know, with the Kindness Diaries, I... I'm going to tell our listeners, they can go back and listen to that previous interview if they'd like to, but I would like to hear more details about it like we did last time because there's so many great stories. We touched on a few of them last time. But you set up some parameters for the travel so that it would kind of force you to interact with others. And what were those rules that you established? Yeah, well, for the Kindness Diaries, I had my my motorbike and um, I had no money. I had uh, so I had nowhere to stay, um, and I basically had to rely entirely on other people. Yet there was a little bit of a twist, and the twist was that unsuspecting good Samaritans received a life-changing gift. And this was something that I, I felt very strongly about because, in so many ways, I've had so many opportunities in life. Some which I've taken, some which I haven't. But um, there are many people out there that never get anywhere near the type of opportunities that most of us get. So I wanted generosity in there, their their unsuspecting generosity and kindness to kind of uh, be a catalyst for their dreams to to maybe come true in some way. Mm, What a lot of fun. The other thing I love about your travel is that you proved that if you want to go and do an adventure, if you want to go travel the world, you can do it. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have tons of resources and planning. Really, what you have to have is uh, is guts, you know, to step out the door and start going. Absolutely, it's like it's like uh, you have to have a commitment, as in anything in life. If you want to have a successful relationship, then you know you better be pretty committed to that relationship. You want to have a successful career, well, you better be pretty committed to that career. And it's the same thing with going out into the world. If you want something bad enough, you will find a way to get it. And uh, I'm not saying it's easy because it's not. But uh, that's why many people don't do it. That's why many people don't live great lives because living a great life takes a lot of commitment, takes a lot of passion, takes a lot of getting, you know, uh, bumps in the road and finding yourself on the floor. But you've got to get up. Um, And it's 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 a wonderful journey sometimes and sometimes it's a hellish journey. But uh, one becomes wiser for it. Well, before you left on the yellow motorcycle and you were, you were considering whether or not it would be possible to accomplish this goal, traveling around the world this way, was it scary? I mean, what were you going through? Look, I remember the first day, the first moment that I walked out of my house on that first day of the bike trip. I was like, what am I doing? This is insane. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving a, a girlfriend. I'm leaving a girlfriend. I'm going away for, for months on end. I'm about to circumnavigate the world on a yellow motorbike it's madness but i just was like well i've committed to it i'm gonna do it and magic happened and and i met so many inspiring people but it wasn't an easy process nothing nothing of of value i would say is an easy process Mm, sure so tell us what your route was around the planet so people can get some context and how long did it take to actually complete this trip yeah, it took just over five months to complete the trip. Um, I started in Los Angeles. I uh, ended up in New York. I took a ship from New York to Barcelona. 
I then went from Barcelona to Vietnam. <laughs> and then I went from Vietnam. Um, obviously, there's a quite a large chunk in the middle. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I went from Vietnam on another ship to Vancouver. And then from Vancouver, I went down back to L.A. Okay, so how did you arrange to get on these ships and cross these oceans? Yeah. So basically, I called up – there are many uh, shipping companies, obviously, around the world. I called up pretty much all of them, most of them, and they all said no, except one. I told them what I was doing, and uh, they agreed to um, to take me on board. I mean, it wasn't an easy process. Again, it wasn't like, oh, I called up one company, and they're like, yes. It was like it took a long time for, for people to say uh, yes, because they all said no. Right. So let's dive into some of the details, some of the stories of what you encountered along the way. Um, pick one where you felt like you especially were touched by people and connected with them and were able to gift back to them in turn. Uh, the, the, the story from the Kindness Diaries that always uh, inspires me the most is a story of a homeless chap that I met in Pittsburgh. So I was um, looking for a place to stay. I, I, was in, I was in a park and I had no idea... This guy was homeless. He certainly didn't look homeless. Um, and I went up to him and I, 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 I explained what I was doing. And I said, hey, you know, can I stay in your home, to, your house tonight? Obviously, when I say that to people, most people say no, which I understand. Um, but, I, you know, I have my, my, my um, ways of explaining my story. And I explained to him and he said, look, I'm really sorry, but my, I'm homeless. And I was like, I felt you know, in that moment, I felt some shame. I was like, okay, I'm doing, let's say, a social experiment. And this chap is truly has nothing. Um, but he then turned around and he said to me, but if you want, you can uh, come and stay with me for the night. I'll feed you, I'll protect you, and I will um, uh, give you some clothes. And I was like, I was in, I was in a little bit of shock. And I, I thought to myself, okay, uh, let, let's go and see. And at that moment, I wasn't sure I was going to stay on the streets of Pittsburgh, to be honest. Um, but I started talking to him and he was an unbelievable man. He was, he had such a kind heart and such a kind spirit. And, and he taught me the most important lesson I think I've ever learned. And that is that true wealth is not in our wallets, but it is in our hearts. That doesn't mean that money is not important because money is, is important. But that lesson was such a powerful lesson and he did everything he said he would do. He protected me at night. If you read the first paragraph of, of the kindness diaries, you'll see how he protected me. Um, he fed me and um, he gave me some clothes. He did everything he said he would do. And the next morning I woke up after having slept on the streets of Pittsburgh. And I said to him, hey, I said, his name was Tony. I said, Tony, did, did you sleep well? And he said to me, he said, no, I didn't, Leon. He said, I, I spent the, I kept on waking up and taking the, the bugs off you. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, wow, this is just amazing. So I took him in the, in, in the bike, uh, took him, I said, asked him to take me somewhere where he felt that uh, he, he was loved as a kid. And he took me to the school, his school. And then in that moment, I shared with him what I was really doing and that I, I wanted to give back to him. So I put him up in a, um, I told him I was going to put him up in an apartment and send him back to school to become a chef. Which is, which is what happened. And, um, you know, we still stay in touch. And he always says to me, he said, Leon, you changed my life. And I said, Tony, my friend, every time, literally every time, I say, Tony, my friend, what you don't understand is that you changed my life. Because that day, it was, I realized the power of the heart. I realized the power 
of human connection, the healing energy that happens from from coming from a place of goodness within. Again, not from perfection. I mean, this guy wasn't a saint. I'm not a saint. I don't think many of your listeners are saints. Maybe there were a few. Um, but it's about coming from your heart. And he he taught me that. And I had to sleep on the streets of Pittsburgh just for one night. I mean, this guy was doing it for years. And there were people that do it for decades. And just one night opened up my heart to such a degree. Mm. It is a beautiful story. I think it's so common for people to just pass by others and not take the time to connect. Maybe they're afraid to connect. But, man, if you take the time to acknowledge someone's humanity and to find out a little bit about them, sometimes it's amazing the world that opens up. I couldn't agree more. And one of the most important things as well that I learned from Tony was really during those few hours that we before I went to sleep when I, that I spent with him, Really, what the gift that I gave him was that I saw him in those moments of our conversation. I saw him. I didn't just walk past him as if he didn't exist. I saw him. Um, and, and that was a, that was a powerful thing. And, and, and for me as a kid, I remember never really feeling like I was seen. Of course, I didn't know what, what that meant. Like now I look back at it and I'm like, I know what it means. But when I feel seen by someone, when I feel heard by someone, when I feel loved by someone, it just opens up uh, so many possibilities, so many beautiful possibilities. And then let's look at the flip side of that. If you don't feel seen, if you don't feel loved, if you don't feel heard, it's, uh, it's not a pleasant place to be. And I think we've all been there. I think we've all been there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bentgate Mountaineering, located in Golden, Colorado, has been outfitting backcountry travelers for more than 20 years. The snow is melting and the crags are drying out. Time to break out the hiking boots, rock climbing shoes, and tents. Gear materials and designs are more evolved than ever. From the latest ultralight gear to the tried-and-true classics, Bentgate has the premier brands for climbing, hiking, and camping essentials, including Arcteryx, Hilleberg, Nemo, Western Mountaineering, and many more. Need advice on destinations, getting started, or on fine-tuning your quiver of gear? The Bentgate staff are all passionate adventurers who can give you the data and advice you need. Bentgate is also hosting numerous events and speakers this summer, so please check out their events page at bentgate.com for more information as well as to see their full product selection. Have you heard of the Sayoi Iris 4G Action Camera? It's Adventure Sports' first always-connected camera using mobile 4G LTE networks. Push a single button and you kick off a live stream to your friends, family, and fans so they can join you on your crazy adventures. See for yourself how it works. Visit live.sioi.com and sign up for free. Follow some of their professional mountain bikers, skimboarders, motocross riders, and of course adventurers and join in on the fun as it happens. That's live.sioeye.com. So, Leon, why travel? I mean, you've already said that you wanted to connect with humanity and that sort of thing. But for our listeners, if uh, if people are like, man, why go to all that effort? What's the point? What do you think the benefits of adventure travel are? You know, to me, travel is not just an external journey. 
don't get me wrong, you go out and you see all these wonderful places and, and you, you experience all these people and you go out of your comfort zone and, and that's, that's an external journey. But to me, travel is an internal journey. The magic happens inside. The magic happens when you're put into a situation whereby in, in everyday life you'd be like, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? But you find a way and you become a better human being. You become a more rounded human being. You go out and you, you, you not just see the world, but you go out and you see what's inside you. And you see that we're, we're not so different to each other. Ultimately, one of the greatest lessons I've learned was that we're all the same. Yes, we may look different. Yes, we may uh, pray differently. Yes, we may have different color skin. Yes, we may wear different clothes. But ultimately, ultimately at base, we all want the same thing. And that is simply, as I mentioned earlier, to be seen. It's simply to like be seen. And it's the same everywhere. And, and we will do anything to, 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 to be seen, whether it's something that's not pleasant, whether it's something that, you know, is, is pleasant. We, we will do whatever we need to be seen, to be heard, to be loved. And uh, that's a gift when you go out and see the world, because the world sees you. Hmm. You know, I'm catching that theme here. You know, you can talk to somebody or you can talk with somebody. You can look at somebody or you can interact with somebody. And I think what you're saying here is that if you acknowledge the, the real humanity and legitimately care for another, make that connection, then then that's what it's all about. That's where the magic is, huh? Yeah, and you, you can see with your eyes or you can see with your heart. Mm. What do you mean by seeing with your heart? I mean, it's like, a, you, you, have you ever been, you know, met someone who just has such a lovely vibe, such a gentle vibe, and you feel in their presence like a comfort and you feel like they, they've known you all your life and you feel like they get you. Uh, that is someone who is seeing you with their heart. That's kind of a rare thing to find, isn't it? It, it, it is. It is. But it's a beautiful thing. And I think we all have the capacity to do that. It doesn't, it's not necessarily an easy thing, but it, it, we all have the capacity to do that. I believe that. Well, you traveled through, wow, dozens and dozens of different countries, different cultures with different languages. Um, did you feel safe? Were there places where you were physically threatened? So I get that question often. And, uh, you know, over the past few weeks, months, there's been a lot of really bad things that are happening. And, and I understand where certain people are like, well, you know, I don't want to travel. I don't feel safe. I just don't want to do it. And I totally get it. Um, I think when you travel a lot, you get a sixth sense and you can kind of figure out danger. That doesn't mean that it's foolproof, of course, because obviously there are some times when things happen that you have absolutely no control over. It doesn't matter how astute your sixth sense is. But I don't, I, I often, I never, I really very, very rarely find myself in a situation whereby I don't feel safe. Because I don't allow myself to go into situations where I don't feel safe. If I feel like, hmm, okay, this isn't, this isn't right, I'll leave. Well, in the Kindness Diaries, you set this situation up so even to get fuel for the motorcycle, you're going to have to meet strangers. You're going to be putting yourself in a situation where you're out of gas. And if you needed to hightail it out of there, you couldn't. You're kind of at the mercy of those around you. So a lot of people, when they travel, I think they plan it in a way where they don't have to take any risks like that. But by taking these risks... Do you think you ended up in, in more dangerous situations or more rewarding situations? I would say that I 
ended up definitely in more rewarding situations. And I would say also that, yeah, I mean, I ended up in, in possibly some dangerous situations. But these are situations that, again, some you can't control. But it, it, one of the things I do when I travel is I always say to myself, when I'm in someone else's country, I am in their country. I am in their home. So I have to be deferential to them. Um, I am a guest, and that is how I show up. I show up as a guest. Um, and when you do that, when you come from that place, it's it's harder for people to 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 react in a negative way. Again, that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen because sometimes they do. However you react, however you show up, but you can do. You can come from this place of being in a much calmer and uh it's it's a way to just show up with your heart open and more often than not it mirrors other people Mm. wow there's so much in this about how to connect with people about how to approach others with a, a real attitude of acceptance and and humility and uh it sounds like it really worked for you it definitely did i actually just came back from africa i was in tanzania and um, I went to Zanzibar. And, you know, if, if any of your listeners have been to Zanzibar, or, they'll know that it's a, you know, it's a bit of a tourist mecca. And you have locals coming up to you all the time and asking you to buy stuff and asking you to do things. And, and sometimes it can get annoying. But one has to understand this is their job. This is their home. This is their livelihood. Um, and I, I sometimes notice, you know, tourists getting upset with them and being rude. And I, I try my very, very best to, 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 to deal with, even if I'm annoyed, just to be like, hey, you know, thanks so much. Not today. Maybe tomorrow. Thank you. And they all give me a smile and they move on. And uh, it's such a an Im- simple but important thing because it's easy for us to get annoyed. Like, we don't want to be bothered. But uh, that's not how we would react if we were in someone's house as their guest. We would react with kindness. We'd react with patience. Yeah, good words. You know, you make me think about walking through any city in the world. There will be homeless people and people asking for some money, you know. And I think that people over time kind of harden against it. Like you say, they don't even see the people. They're afraid that if they make eye contact, then they'll have to say no, you know, for someone asking for money or or for something like that. Um, You have advice for people when it comes to those situations? I mean, you've obviously spent a lot of time and gotten a lot of experience by traveling this way. How would you yeah. recommend that people encounter others on the streets like that? Look, I would say put your, try and put yourself in their shoes. And, um, you know, if you, if you can put yourself in their shoes and, and they, are, they are trying to make a living, um, it becomes easier. It becomes easier to, to kind of, how do I say this? It becomes easier to see someone else as an equal, if you can put yourself in their shoes and to just have a gentle heart. And yes, you may be upset. You may be tired. You may be all of these things. But when you are in, a, in, a, in someone else's country, you are in their home. Just remember that. So that's what I would say. When you're in someone else's country, you're in their home. Sure. Well, let's talk just a little bit about the practical logistics. How did you choose your motorcycle? If someone else wanted to try to do something like this, what advice would you have for them? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I, w- 
I would say have a very, first of all, have a very understanding wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. That would be the first thing. Second is to have a deeply held commitment to uh, finishing your, your, your adventure. Um, I would say the foundation of anything is very important. So a lot of work was put into the foundation. So, for example, purchasing the bike, making sure that the bike was in as good a condition as it could possibly be. So, I mean, I didn't have any money during the journey. But whilst I was prior to the journey, I, I, I put money into fixing up the bike, um, although it kept breaking down. But it would have broken down even more had I not done that. Um, and I would say... If you have a passion and if you have a dream, go for it, whatever that may be. You don't have to go circumnavigate the world on a, on a yellow motorbike. You can, whatever your dream is, find the courage to, 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 to follow it. Um, and and it's, it's not just going to help you. It's going to help other people that see the passion coming out of you, the passion that you have to, to, to f- fulfill your your calling and your dream it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful powerful thing and that's what inspired me in so many ways it it was books and movies and 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 podcasts and listening to other people go out there and 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 find their true path you know there are a lot of barriers to doing things like this time money those are the two big ones i think there are also the psychological barriers where people are just like i don't know what's going to happen out there and that scares me you know, I know what tomorrow looks like if I keep doing what I'm doing now right here. But if I go out there somewhere, so how would you recommend people address those barriers? The truth is, in my humble opinion, the greatest barrier is not money and not time, but the psychological barrier. Mm. The psychological barrier of not wanting to go out and feeling like you you don't deserve to live your, your best life. You don't deserve to... to, to um, be inspired. And yes, don't get me wrong, time is a, is a barrier, money is also a barrier, but anything can be overcome. And once you overcome the psychological aspect of it, then that is, is the greatest uh, mountain that you can climb. How does one overcome that? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, I can tell you how I overcame it. Okay. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I still don't have psychological barriers in certain areas, because of course I do. I'm human. I have barriers. I always do. But how I overcame it to start with was simply through the fact that I was in so much emotional pain. I was suffering emotionally. On the outside, I had everything. But on the inside, I felt bankrupt. I felt emotionally bankrupt. I felt spiritually bankrupt. And I felt like I was up against a wall. And I had to do something to change my life. Uh, and the pain got so great that the life I was supposed to lead crumbled, which was beautiful because that's what I needed to happen. And I started to build this new life. So it's almost as if your old life kicked you out the door and made you go. Yes, I like that. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And I, and I just want to be, be clear. I, I, you know, this took me a long time. This took like 15 years. This didn't just, I didn't just wake up, like watch this movie and be like, hmm, okay, let's change everything. And I changed everything and everything was wonderful. That, that's not what it was like. The, the, you know, maybe the first moment, because this actually started before the Motorcycle Diaries, my, my desire to kind of like change things. But maybe that, that first moment may have been the movie. But there's been so many ups and downs. 
there's been so many moments where I've been like, what am I doing? Like, even today, sometimes I think to myself, like, I put so much effort into, into all my work. And I think to myself, the results I'm getting aren't what I want. And I'm going to give up. If I don't get this by next week, I'm giving up. And I'm like, okay, the next week comes and I don't give up. But uh, it's not an easy road. You've you, like I said, you've got to commit. And many of us commit to our, to, our, to our families. Many of us commit to our careers. But we don't commit to our own greatness, um, to our own, uh, you know, internal drive to live the way that we want to live. We don't commit to that. When, 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 when pain comes, we eat too much. When pain comes, we maybe drink too much. And we don't put the type of effort that we do in other areas of our lives to fix what's going on inside. And unless you fix what's going on inside, then you're never going to reach your truest potential. You know, I think about the uh, the old paradigm of, you know, you're you're out in the ocean and you're on a sinking ship and people are in the water and they're struggling and crying for help. But if you pull them onto the sinking ship, you haven't really helped anybody. First, you have to stabilize the ship. you got to get your own ship in order so that it is able to reach out and help others. Mm. That that's a brilliant point, and and for many years, and I think maybe some of your listeners will be able to relate to this. I used to think that if I did anything for myself, I was being selfish. Like you know, I can't do this for me. I I, I can't. You know, there were, there were, there were kids in Africa that don't have any food. I can't do this for me. But the reality is, unless I fixed what was inside, the the the, the pain, the chaos that was going on inside, I wasn't going to be able to help anyone. Sure. Wow. Good words. I I have to pause and think about that a little bit. You know. If we take a moment, listeners, and just say, okay, what's inside of me that's keeping me from being all that I could be for others? Some people serve others as a, as a way to hide, you know, hide behind the, the real work that needs to be done on the inside, too. That's very true. Very, very true. Mm. I think it's, they do. And I've met people like that. And uh, that's okay. I mean, everyone tries to find ways to, you know, plod through this, this life, which is sometimes a challenge. But... Uh, True magic happens when you fix, and maybe fix is the wrong word, but when you fix what's going on inside you, and then then the heart can open up. Then you can give, truly give. Yeah, good words, good words. So what about this trip, language barriers? How did you communicate with people when you didn't know their language? That's a great question. Look, most people uh, in Europe, for example, a lot of people speak English. It was a bit harder as you went further east. Um, and then when I was in uh, Asia, a lot of people did not speak English, but you always found someone that spoke English. There was always someone, whether, whether or not it took an hour to find someone or whatever, there was always someone that, that you could communicate with. If I didn't speak English and let's say I, I spoke some uh, obscure, more obscure language, maybe it would have been much, much more difficult. So that in a sense, then it's not really that big of a deal if you're patient. Uh, yes. That, 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 that's always been my experience whenever I've traveled. There's, and there's always a way to communicate as long as, even if you don't speak any, 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 the same language as the other person, there's a way to communicate. Yes, maybe, you know, you won't be able to communicate enough to, you know, find a place to stay or get some gas, but there's always a way to communicate.
Biotropic is a biological sports performance booster supplement created by Craig Dinkle, an Olympic trials athlete, to help him train at higher levels more efficiently in order to gain a competitive edge. All natural and safe, Biotropic packs your body with the highest grade quality of the B-sweet vitamins, offers blood support, higher oxygen-carrying capabilities, an ATP booster, and vasodilation, which delivers more healthy blood content to hard-working muscles. Craig has the credentials to back it up. He twice qualified for the Olympic trials, set four NCAA records, and earned 23 All-Americans. Today, he uses biotropics to help him train in the gym, scramble up mountains, and to prepare for a six-month thru-hike of the Continental Divide Trail. Athletes and exercise enthusiasts, check out Biotropic at biotropiclabs.com, where our listeners can get a deep discount by using the code ADVENTURE. Never run out of camp stove fuel again. The 180 stove is a natural fuel stove that eliminates the need to carry heavy, bulky fuel canisters. With a generous 6-inch by 7-inch cooking surface, it folds away into a clean, compact, self-forming case that is small enough to fit inside your pocket. At only 10.4 ounces, the additional weight and space savings allows for other important items in your pack. Get more information at 180TAC.com and look for it in retailers near you as well as online. Well, Leon, let's suppose for a moment that I'm going to go visit one of the countries that you rode your motorcycle through, and I uh, I can only visit a couple, but I really want to go do it. What would you recommend? Where should I go? I would say definitely go to Bhutan. Uh, Bhutan is an amazing country. It has this thing called gross national happiness, where they determine the success of the country by the happiness of the people. I have no idea what the algorithm is, but what I do know is that the people I met were just wonderful heart-centered human beings um so bhutan it's uh, northeast of india i would say india now india isn't for everyone it's a bit of a crazy place uh but there's a there's a passion there's a soul there's a there's a, a joie de vivre in the indian people that's pretty epic um i would say those two countries and they're right next to each other so you could hit 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 hitting them both I think some people might find that kind of surprising. They may have thought that you would say, you know, France was great. You should check out France, <laughs> you know, but you chose some places that are pretty far removed from the, from the Western ideas. I think you, you may have asked the wrong man that question. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've traveled to all these, these wonderful places and look, France is a great place. I've been to France so many times. I love France. Um, we, I stayed in Aix-en-Provence uh, during the journey and uh, stayed with some musicians. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. But there were some. I, I always find that the greatest lessons I learn are when I go to places that are outside my comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Very cool. So, Leon, people are going to want to read your books. And first, where can they find Kindness Diaries? Uh, the Kindness Diaries can be found pretty much anywhere, but uh, I would suggest Amazon. Okay, so go to Amazon for Kindness Diaries. And your new book that's coming out in the fall, um, we'll revisit that in the fall when it comes out so we can go into details about it so you don't have to give anything away. But it's called Live, Love, and Explore. And I noticed that you can pre-order that on Amazon already. Yeah, it's actually called Live, Love, Explore. There's no and. Ah, okay, Live, Love, Explore. And can you give us just a brief synopsis of what the goal of that book is? I can. Actually, Live, Love, Explore is a book about all my travels around the world, many stories which I've never shared, and all the lessons I've learned. 
uh, along that journey and how you too can learn those lessons. And it's not about getting on a, again, I keep saying this, but it's not about getting on a yellow motorbike. There are so many lessons one can learn simply from staying, staying at home because travel truly is about going within. That's the, the biggest beauty of travel. Hmm. So are there places that you want to return to? You said, yeah, I've got to go back. I've got to go back and be there some more. Um, New Zealand. I love New Zealand. I went there once, did a road trip. Um, Oman, which is just south of Saudi Arabia, very, very stable and safe place and lovely people. Um, I actually prefer kind of like going to new places, to be honest. <laughs> once I've been to one, one place, I, I mean, I, 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 I go back, of course, but I try just to keep going to different places. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I'm kind of the same way, you know, even with backpacking. I do a lot of backpacking. We talk a lot about it on the show, but I tend to go back to places that I know and love, but then I stop and I say, why did I do that? I want to go somewhere new. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And there's, it's just so hard to see it all anytime you go anywhere. I have found that if I slow down a little bit and soak up my surroundings more, then it's a it's a more rewarding experience. So, but going to those new places, that's exciting. Absolutely. So what about the Human Interaction Project? Tell us what that is. The Human Interaction Project is a charity that I founded. Um, and basically, it gives people the opportunity, uh, people from the ages of 18 to 30, to go out into the world and volunteer um, and to basically find someone. You volunteer for like two weeks. Then you find someone or an organization that you feel like you can change their lives with a, a gift, which uh, the charity gives them a gift. And then you have to come back and share it with people. Um, and it, it's really, I, I figured, I figured that I've always wanted to run a charity. And I did this based on what happened to me in the Kindness Diaries. And I wanted to give other people the opportunity to go out and, and figure out what it was they wanted to do in their lives and to utilize travel as a way to do that and to utilize giving back as a way to open up. Well, can you give some examples of uh, what some people have done or what someone might be able to do through the charity? Absolutely. So one of the, the people went to Cambodia and worked in a Cambodian orphanage. Um, some other people went to Ghana and uh, worked in a local village. Um, and there's, there's places uh, you can go all over the world. Uh, I, I work with a, a charity called You Belong, and uh, they have the... Uh, they understand, uh, you know, they have all these things that they, that they let people do. So basically the Human Interaction Project, and you can go to humaninteractionproject.org and uh, see all about it. So I guess the part that I'm still trying to hone in on is how does the organization help to facilitate what the people are doing? Um, well, basically what happens is, let's say one of your listeners is a you know, let's say 25 years old and wants to go on a journey, they will uh, apply to the Human Interaction Project and uh, we get a lot of applications. So, um, And then once they are approved, they will figure out where they want to go, whether they want to go to Morocco and work in a hospital, whether they want to go in, to Cambodia and work in a school. Um, they will then go to that school. They will spend two weeks there. Um, whilst they are there, they will do all the duties of, you know, working in a school and they will also find one individual or one, um, organization that needs help. Um, we will then, uh, send that organization after vetting them, uh, a cash amount to help them with their lives. For example, the lady in Cambodia, uh, 
wanted this uh, chap to go to university. So, you know, this Cambodian man is now uh, getting ready to go to university through a grant that she gave him through the Human Interaction Project. And then when they come back, they have to give the, give a speech to their school or to their business to kind of share what they've experienced. That sounds wonderful. You know, when I traveled to Kenya, we stayed with uh, the local people and and got to know people from the various tribes and made a lot of wonderful friends. But one day a young man came and visited us and he was barefooted and he explained that he was a competitive runner and that he was hoping to even go to the Olympics, but that he needed running shoes. And at the time, you know, I, I didn't really understand this dynamic, Leon. And I thought, why is this guy asking us to just get him some running shoes? It's, it's, it's such a simple request, but I was slightly put off by it. And I thought, is he even really a runner? And I began to doubt. And the the sad thing is, I didn't help him get the running shoes. And now, here I am 20 years later, and if I could find him, I would give him 10 pairs of running shoes. <laughs> it was a missed opportunity. And a friend of mine in Kenya once, I, I asked him, I said, well, how do you know if someone's trying to scam you or if it's the real deal? And he says, you don't know. And that's okay. Because sometimes you're going to get scammed, but you just have to give with a with a generous heart. And you will help the most people that way. And wow, the lessons I learned. I, I I can't shake that guy who needed those running shoes. I wish I would have done something for him. And, and and you know what? If he was genuine, I assure you someone gave him the running shoes. Well, I trust that that happened. You know, that's the way hopefully that this planet turns. Um, but I just throw that example out there for people because we don't really know, do we? And I uh, I wish that I had done differently. And hopefully that has shaped the way that I interact with people since then. Yeah. So I love the sound of your human interaction project uh, to help people to connect with others like that and find a need and meet a need and, uh, you know, get the guy some running shoes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get the guy some running shoes. I love it. Yeah, you bet. Well, Leon, once again, how can people get in touch with you if, if they want to learn more or, or want to find your books? Uh, they can go to my Facebook page, uh, which is Leon, then L-O-G-O-T-H-E-T-I-S. Um, they can go to Amazon and just put in the kindness diaries and in, in, into the, into the search engine and they'll find it. That's really the best way to find me. Hmm. And I have to translate your name for people because it just blows my mind how powerful this is. This is the lion word of God. <laughs> Isn't that what it means? Um, that's what I've been told. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a powerful it's, name. It's quite a difficult um, thing to follow, but if, if that is indeed what it means, then uh, I'm in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> well, the message that you've shared with us today, um, it, it's very positive. It's heartwarming, and it's a message that people need to hear. So we appreciate the word. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Thank you all. You bet. And for all of our listeners out there, you know, Travel is more than just seeing things. Travel is about connecting, connecting with the world around us and learning about ourselves and helping others and helping ourselves in the process. So, you know, until the next show, I hope that this one was inspirational for you. Please do get out there and have some fun. You have heard all the hype around paleo, low-carb, organics, diet powders, and the lot. How does one sort out what really works? Good news. Gary Collins has done the homework for you. Regain and maintain your health and live that life of vitality. 
Learn more at primalpowermethod.com.